All right, playmakers, big news. The 2023 version of my What's Working in the Indoor Play Industry Guide is here. To learn about exactly what is working best right now for real-life currently operating indoor playground owners, head to the show notes to download my fully updated free guide. That's right. Even if you've downloaded one of my What's Working guides in the past, you will not want to miss this new version made specifically with what's trending and fresh for 2023 in mind. Head to the show notes for the direct link or go to michellecarawana.com slash what's working to get the guide in your inbox right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Happy Wednesday, Playmakers. I hope you're having an amazing week. And before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the Profitable Play Podcast today. I absolutely love this time that we're able to spend together a couple times every single week. And while I absolutely love connecting here on this podcast, I also love connecting over on Instagram because it helps me get to know you even better. And Over on Instagram, I share a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, some more personal stuff, and over the last couple weeks, I've been asking you guys to send me Instagram messages, letting me know what topics you want me to cover on this podcast or questions that you might want me to answer, and I just want to say thank you again because so many of you listening did. And over the last couple weeks, one of the more common things that I hear from you in my inbox over on Instagram is that... You want to hear from other play space owners. And I absolutely love this because we all run our businesses so differently. We all have different backgrounds. We've all created completely unique spaces. All of our communities are a little bit different. So even in Playmaker Society, right, where we all started from the same Play Cafe Academy Foundation, one of my favorite things about that group and about my program is that everyone's taken that same foundation and again, made it completely unique to them and to their area and to their business vision. So I'm really excited to share that I'm going to be bringing you more interviews from current play space owners, and they're going to share a little bit about their opening journey. They're going to share how they operate their business and all the tips and tricks and everything. We're really going to get into it. So If you're listening to this and you are a current play space owner, whether you're in Playmaker Society or not, I want to talk to you on this podcast. So if you're interested, please, please, please head to the show notes, send me a message on Instagram. I would love to feature you on the show or on my YouTube channel. We can talk about it. But today I'm going to be doing exactly that. And I was really lucky because I was able to visit Sierra Sigari from Grandma's Playroom over in St. Louis in person. So I do a lot of my interviews over Zoom, but any chance I get, I either hop on a plane or take a little road trip and visit other indoor play spaces because there's really no comparison for actually getting a real live behind the scenes tour, seeing how everything works, getting to experience 
open play at a facility. I visited her while she was open and I just loved seeing how people use her space and again, getting all of the nitty gritty info from her. So it was such an amazing visit. Sierra is so sweet and you've probably seen her either on YouTube or on TikTok, but something that she doesn't share a lot about on those channels is her actual business journey. So If you're unfamiliar with Sierra or Grandma's Playroom, she actually purchased her business as an existing indoor playground, and she was actually one of their best customers. So I'm going to let Sierra tell all of the stories and really go through her journey. I just wanted to give you a little context. And again, if you want to be on this podcast or on my YouTube channel, I would love to talk to you. So again, send me a message. My profile is in the show notes. And if you would prefer to watch this interview with Sierra, I'm going to link my YouTube channel in the comments as well. I posted this as a video as well, and I recorded this on my phone in her playroom. So just a quick apologies. The sound quality isn't great. There are some echoes because she has pretty high ceilings. We really did our best, but I flew there, so I couldn't bring like all of my equipment with me. So again, apologies for the sound quality. I really did my best with it, but This content and Sierra's tips and tricks and stories are so worth the listen. So again, apologies for the sound, but thank you so much for tuning in today. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Sierra Zagari from Grandma's Playroom. Everyone, it's Michelle Caruana from Play Cafe Academy and Profitable Play. And I'm super excited because I am here with Sierra from Grandma's Playroom. And I flew to St. Louis just for this. I'm so excited. I have so much to share from my visit. I have really enjoyed our time together so far, but I wanted to talk to Sierra a little bit about her business journey because Mm -hmm. it looks a lot different from mine. So you guys know that I built my business from scratch. It was, you know, kind of something that was literally built from dirt. And with that is a lot of pros and cons. So I got to build my space to sue, but it was a lot more expensive. It was a lot more risk. So I wanted to talk to Sierra, who took a very different path. So Mm -hmm. do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah. As she said, my name is Sierra, and I own Grandma's Playroom, which is a 2,300-square-foot playroom here in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm in a fairly large city. We were actually just talking about that, which I think is something to note. We have almost 300,000 people within our city. So it's a very big um, location. There are not a lot of play spaces like this, and I purchased an established playroom in July of 2020. So I'm about to hit my three-year mark. Well, congratulations. Thank you. First of all, pretty stoked. So <laughs> you kind of told me the story offline, yes. but mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how you came about this business mm-hmm. and how you came to be the new owner. So it's actually funny. My dad founded this place first from a billboard, like such a such a his generation situation. <laughs> he was driving on the highway, he saw a billboard, and he used to babysit my kids like on okay. weekends and stuff. So he would come to grandma's playroom with my boys because he felt comfortable enough as a grandpa to bring two children to a play space and he could sit and read and relax. And then I started coming to different events with my children and then I started having their birthday parties here. And then March of 2020, everything shut down. I am now um, 
never wanting to be a stay-at-home mom, stuck at home with my kids, <laughs> struggling to find things to do. And I reached out to the previous owner, Sandy, who is probably one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. And I said, hey, Sandy, is there any way in the entire world where I can pay you money and you can give me a key and I can come and play? And she said, absolutely. Here's the key, come anytime. So we were coming every single Sunday. And then all of a sudden, she kind of reached out and was like, hey, you guys might not be able to come very much anymore. I'm thinking about selling. And I... I didn't tell you this part. Um, it was a bottle of red wine later. And I oh, said, I could buy this. I could do this. I'm standing in the building. I saw that she was going to sell it. I'm looking around and I was like, I can do this. I have no idea where I got the goal because I never had owned a business or anything like that before. And my husband said, absolutely not. No way, no how. You ain't going to do that. I looked at my mother and I was like, I'm gonna do that. The red wine will get you. The red time. wine gets you. Every I'm pretty time. sure I wrote my business plan over oh, several bottles yes. of red wine. So, so then the I following day, we met her here with my mom and I, and I looked at all of her numbers, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I was like, oh yeah, these are numbers. <laughs> these are totally numbers. I can see that all of these are numbers, <laughs> and I really just dove in head deep, like head first. Like it, it, it blows my mind that I had the balls to do this, and. Again, Again, the red wine will get you. July, 2020, or July of 2020. So then we signed everything. We paid for everything. And then I spent like two weeks in here before opening day. And then on it's Jul probably helped that you were a customer. Yes, because I'd already been here so much. And Sandy just was, I, honestly, I could not have found a better person to buy the business from because it was like from one hand to the other. And she walked me through everything. I remember being on the phone crying about how do I pay sales tax? Because we've talked about this. I have sales tax here in St. Louis for um, entertainment. We're considered entertainment, not a service. So I have to collect sales tax on everything. And then I could not figure out how to pay those sales taxes. Yeah. I'm like calling the government, <laughs> begging them to take my money because I couldn't figure out how to give it to them. And she really helped me through it. And it was just really awesome. And now we're three years later. I have now owned the business longer than she had owned the business. Congratulations. And, yeah, it's, it's been it's been really great. And I was able to add on to it with social media. I have a TikTok and a YouTube. And I'll link everything below the video. And I share a lot of behind the scenes. Um, I don't really share the business aspect. You are amazing about that. Um, and I don't really share the creative aspect because I'm better with that. No idea. <laughs> I don't I never post on social media. YouTube is pretty much yeah. the only place you'll see me. So. And people will ask me for business advice, and I'm like, I don't even know how I got here, how this happened. I'm really just learning through it. Yeah. And I was, I was lucky that I went to school for business. Mm -hmm. I have a master's degree and we had owned businesses before. That's awesome. Yeah. But on the flip side, I didn't know anything about kids other than that. I had kids. Other than that. I, I had kids. <laughs> but I had to ask for a lot of help mm -hmm. in that regard. I had to ask what toys to buy. I had to ask what play equipment was important. Mm -hmm. Like when you were walking me through your space <laughs> and I'm going to post a tour video in a separate video, she has mirrors everywhere. Mm -hmm. She utilizes her wall space. She is a little bit more experienced of a mom than I was when I started. <laughs> I had an eight-month-old when I opened. I had an eight-year-old. And that was my, but that was my extent mm -hmm. of, you know, kids. That's oh, wow. all I knew. I didn't have any education background. I didn't have any older kids. So that was something that I really struggled with. The mm -hmm. business has always been my thing. The creative part, the play, things like that, that's all stuff that I needed help with and that. I had to learn. So I think it's so cool that we yeah. came from like two completely different paths. So talk to me about those first few weeks and months of ownership, other than the sales tax, right? Other than, you know, crying to Sandy on the phone. What was your introduction to it ownership was, like? It was so different because I only know the pandemic. 
I've only owned my business with really, really tight restrictions. And I had to navigate a time in the world where we didn't even know how to navigate going to the grocery store. So I could only have 10 children in the playroom at a time. So I was taking reservations by the phone or by Facebook. So I was getting messages at like 10, 10 p.m. or at like 4 a.m. And I was answering everything. So I was so afraid to lose any one person who could come in. We were also an established playroom. So we had this huge group of people who were so excited that we were opening up. And we were also during a time where we were all stuck at home with our kids. So we were looking for anything and everything to do. So it was this really wild like roller coaster of trying to only have 10 kids. Maybe we would have it a day where no kids would come. We had time slots. It was just so much so fast. And for the first seven months, I had no employees. So I was working seven days a week. I was too afraid to take a day off because I didn't want to lose any business. And it was just a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of just grinding and pushing through. And I'm so glad that we're on the other end and now restrictions have been lifted. And we kept the same cleaning protocols that we had during COVID, which I think people love. I often say um, we didn't really have to add much to our cleaning protocols when COVID happened because kids have been gross since the beginning right. of time. Yeah. And I only know COVID cleaning, so that's just how we clean all the time. So it's just... It was wild. It was a lot to, to navigate. And then as things were lifting and then no masks and then trying to figure out like what felt best for my right. customer base, um, lifting masks before the CDC, after the CDC, it just, it was a lot to navigate. And I had to take a lot of feedback from the community, right? From the parents. I really let them take the lead. And that's great. Yeah. I think it's so important to listen. And it was so fun to see your space filled with smiling faces yeah today. i think nice they loved it yeah yeah people coming in and that. out yeah mm -hmm. it was really nice to see you interacting with customers so um kind of talking about transitioning mm -hmm. from the previous owner to yourself mm -hmm. as the owner what are some things that you changed or some things that you purchased after buying the business so like day one i kind of changed the floor plan the previous owner is a grandma and i'm a mom so i feel like that's kind of a little bit of a difference there uh one thing i always say is she used to give dum-dums to all the kids as they were leaving that's totally a grandma thing the kids loved it it's been three years and they will still ask for their dum-dum i mean they loved her because again grandma sandy right um i'm a mom <laughs> dum-dums were gone day one because I just had that vision of in the back of the car seat with a sucker it's just very different I switched the floor plan so there were no visual impairments you could see everything everywhere she had a kinetic sand pit she was a grandma she was a fun fun grandma I am a mean mom sand pit gone team mean mom yes well I also had a lot of different cleaning protocols we yes. would close every hour and a half for me to clean so I had to take about 30 percent of the toys off the floor but we also only had 10 kids at a time. Right. So it kind of worked well. And like you said, like pre-pandemic is very Very different, so different world, different yeah. world. So then I did a lot more of um, like the bigger, more expensive toys. And then I tried to do more aesthetically pleasing, like the mural, um, to try to get the younger moms in. And then I was really, really, really focused on social media. I yes. probably spend 50% of my focus on social media. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I um, really, really lucked into posting during the pandemic and I posted on TikTok back, all the way back in March of 2020 and I did one video here that just kind of blew up because people really love to see those little day-to-day -day moments and then showing those day-to-day -day moments, they get to learn about you, they get to learn about their business. I know, I'm so sad all the time awesome. that we didn't have TikTok. Mm -hmm. We had like 
barely Instagram stories. Instagram's hard. <laughs> Instagram's hard. So yeah, I would share like silly places the kids put the toys and I would just film this little video and I would post it. And then now 2.1 million followers later, it's really like the, a big draw for the playroom. Yeah. And obviously parents and everybody, even my 14 year old yes. niece said that she was like, oh, I know. I posted you on my Instagram stories and she was like, I know who that is. I watch your videos. Yeah. It's so it's great. so cool how even, you know, people who don't patronize these types mm -hmm. of businesses, they love the behind the scenes and they love mm -hmm. that intimate content. And a lot of people who, you know, are in my membership or in my group, they get nervous yeah. to post stuff like that because it's they're hard. like, well, who cares? It's hard at first to post. Yeah. It's very awkward to talk to a And like, I'm not saying that you need to be Sierra and get, you know, 2.1 million followers, but even the people just in your local area, they want to see your mm -hmm. story. They want to see, you know, why you open your business. They want to see the behind the scenes. They want to see the setup for a birthday party. They want those silly, like, yeah. weird, And when you know, I get excited about a new yes. toy and I share that new yes, toy. Yes, they want to share in that excitement yeah. with you. So I love that. And that is something that I always wanted to grow in mm -hmm. when I own my business. But again, we barely had Instagram <laughs> stories. Like Facebook Live was like yeah. the biggest thing at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how I connected. And I think it was a huge missed opportunity that I didn't utilize that even more. Yeah. Pairing and social then, media yeah. with your business is, is great. Absolutely. Even, even just to share with the people in your community. Like, because I do a toy of the month that I found from another content creator. And now parents will come in on like the second of the month, like Sierra, where is the toy of the month content? I got to see what you bought because they're so excited to see it. They want to come in and see it. And it's just fun being able to film those videos for everybody. Yeah. And what's interesting is I'm sure you get a ton of brand deals and mm -hmm. you get a lot of companies paying you to promote their products, but even smaller indoor playgrounds that don't have as big of a following, a lot of them will get paid as user-generated content creators. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're not share, sharing it on their platforms, but these companies need footage. They need high-quality videos of kids playing with their toys, of businesses utilizing their structures and things mm -hmm. like that. So even though I rarely posted on social media, I did not have a following anywhere near Sierra's. It did I, take three years to build. Well, it was not. It was right. It took so three years to no build. overnight successes. I, totally I wish. <laughs> but even as somebody that only had, you know, a couple thousand followers, mm -hmm. I was still able to Absolutely. get significant income from creating user generated content. And this was even before TikTok. Mm -hmm. So companies would reach out to me and say, hey, we really need, we really want a business showcasing these, you know, this play food in, our, in right. a space or something like that. And I would take a video. I wouldn't post it on my channels because, again, I only had a couple thousand followers. But I would create content for them yes. that was giving them fresh ideas, that was giving them something that looked a little bit more organic in the news feed. So, again, I really want you to, again, there are different ways to utilize social media in your business. Yes, Sierra is a great example of how you can get brand deals and how you can, you know, monetize your TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. But there are other ways as well if for whatever reason you have you know, some fear around gaining a lot of followers, or if you just want to, you know, stick to your local community, or if that's just your focus right now is building your local base, you can still utilize social Absolutely. media to yeah. make additional income. And we were just talking offline about how important it is in this industry to have multiple revenue streams yes. to, and it's not saying that you can't, you know, make money as an indoor playground owner and that's it. It's just, if you have this space, if you're making these investments, if you have this beautiful canvas, you should utilize it Absolutely. to make sure that you're 
using it to its full potential, I guess, is mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Definitely. There's so many different things that you can do to add value yeah. and to make extra money. Yeah, so here at Grandma's Playroom, you do um, open play, mm -hmm. you do birthday you do parties, parties right? birthday parties. Yeah, um, and I'll share some pic some pictures of the play, yep. uh, the party room. Like this weekend, we have four birthday parties, which is great because open play has been really slow this time of year with yes. the weather. It's beautiful in St. Louis right now. Makes more sense. And then we we do some events. We spoke about okay. how yep. my space, my the parents in my community tend not to like structured events. They really love the freedom of open play. So my two main are open play and birthday parties. That's awesome. So what are some of your favorite birthday party themes? Do you have any? Oh my gosh, anything that's like Taco Tuesday. I love that. Um, we saw a really cute one that was like wonderful and it was in July or January and it was like a winter wonderland. Oh, I like so that. cute. We definitely, try to market more towards like the simple parties though. Yeah. Like we, we, and that's kind of where we differ. Yeah. We were all elaborate. We Every love party a we did simple was elaborate. party. We want that mom who has her third kid. I love it's that, that third kid's second birthday and she's throwing some cupcakes in the back room. I love that. No decorations and just letting the kids run because to be fair, most of those decorations that are so beautiful and so fun, they're single. It's for the most, yeah. for the most, for the it's parents. for the parents. And I get it. I have two children. And the gram. We went crazy with birthday party decorations, yeah. but we're more of like a low key. We want you to enjoy the people at your party. We want you to enjoy the time. We want you to be able to talk and mingle. We do all the cleanup, the um, all of the resetting. And we find that the parents who bring in like a handful of balloons and a thing of cupcakes have the most fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not grammable. No, <laughs> I love that. It's not though. grammable, but it's definitely more what we go for. Here. I love that because a lot of people see on Instagram or they mm -hmm. see on TikTok these businesses doing these really elaborate Wild. balloon yeah. walls. And I mean, they they're think, beautiful. Right, but they think that's the only way. Right. And there are so many different ways mm -hmm. to run a kid's birthday party business Absolutely. or to run a play-space business. So again, you guys know that I you know, built my space from scratch. It was around $200,000 to start up. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. That's not the only path. You can purchase an existing business. You can go a little bit smaller. You don't have to invest mm -hmm. in you know, the Lilliput Playhomes, which I talk about in another video that I'll link. You can hire local contractors. You can, you know, go different ways and make the business your own. And what I think Sierra said that I think is really important is that you have to listen to what your community Absolutely. wants mm -hmm. because every community is going to be so different. I know for us, coffee was a really big deal. Mm -hmm. So we absolutely had to have coffee or we were just never going to make a profit. And mm -hmm. we had definitely a bigger hump of like profit to make because our expenses were really high. Our startup costs were really high. But also, that's what our community said that they really wanted to see. But a we're ton Starbucks of my, moms. Yeah. We're like exclusive Starbucks moms here in this area. They would not drink my coffee. Right. And so that's so that's a, a perfect example of mm -hmm. you can't just look at somebody's business that's, mm -hmm. you know, states away and say, oh, this is exactly what's going to work in my area. Absolutely. You have to take, you know, what you love about that business, but also adapt it to what your area needs, what your area wants. And Again, most importantly, listen. So you have to be in the business. Yes. So being yes. that seven, that first seven months of me being the only one here was perfect because I could take note. I could see what they wanted. We could try things, and it was okay to fail. Yes. And I failed a lot. And we kind of <laughs> talked. We talked about in a video um, in Sierra's channel, which I'll link. Um, but we kind of not only did we take different paths in opening our businesses, but we owned our businesses at very different stages. Yes. of our lives. So I opened my business when my son was eight months old mm -hmm. and then I got pregnant immediately. 
I had to go through like childbirth, a traumatic birth, um, you know, parenting a special needs child for the first time, all while I was in my like second year of ownership. And it was very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Sierra, I often think about how different my energy levels, my patience, my compassion, like certain things could have been in my business had I opened at a different stage. So do you want to tell us a little bit about when you opened yours? So July of 2020, um, I had a kindergartner and a preschooler. So they were a little bit older, definitely sleeping through the night, potty trained. Um, but when I opened in July, two months later in August, I was then virtually teaching a, kin a first grader in the back room. Oh while navigating owning a business while only being allowed to have 10 people in the building. That is tough. So it was definitely, definitely interesting. Um, but it was just, it was, it was kind of like the perfect time of my life because everything kind of got a clear state, a clear slate with COVID. Everything mm -hmm. kind of like, I didn't have a job. My children were young, but a little bit. I mean, that like year or two Huge really difference. I mean, they were potty trained, sleeping through the night. Like, so I just felt like I had the freedom to try something and to test it out. And it, again, it really just worked out. People always ask and I say, it's a lot of luck followed by way more hard work. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will come to my channel and they'll just be so excited and they'll mm -hmm. have this huge sense of urgency. Like, oh, I need to open, you know, right now while my kids are two and they're like perfect play area age. But I promise you, you know, that might work best for you, but there's also really not a lot of harm in waiting because mm -hmm. it can really open you up to so much, again, more energy, maybe a little bit more patience. So again, even if it feels like you need to open your business today, I promise you something that I always tell people is to never give up on a dream because of how long it's going to take to achieve because the time's going to pass anyways. So again, I, you know, there's really no right or wrong time to open a business. There's just pros and cons of each. So I wanted to share, um, again, an example of, you know, two different stages. And one last thing I wanted to ask you is if you had advice for somebody considering this business, just, I know you probably have like a million pieces mm -hmm. of advice, but if you could just pick one thing, what would you say? If someone's watching this and they're thinking like, you know, I could do that. That seems easy. <laughs> okay, give me a minute. Okay, one. It's okay. I can. It's usually it's don't. I don't. I know. I say that. Don't do it. <laughs> like you can't. How about reframe it? Like, I know. I know. I know. If you just want to get rich, don't. Okay. But if you want to like impact your community and your family oh, in like this gross. positive way. So but if you want to get rich, don't. If this is your money making scheme don't do it because that's not what this is not a get rich this is business. a passion project that is going to take everything from you and then some but we were talking about how i consider this my third baby like yeah. like this is my child so i put everything into this and it's really become a community for people my family my friends so if this is something that you want to do because it looks easy it looks like you're going to be working less it looks like something that is easier than your in-home daycare it's not that's not what this is or if it looks like something that you're going to be able to do with your kids it's not i um actually hire moms who originally want to bring their kids to work and then after they work a month or two they say it's easier to not bring their kids and it absolutely 100 percent is so this has got to be something that is a passion of yours because you are going to be doing it 80 hours a week yeah. like it is not something that you can just 
want to do in passing. It is going to be everything. It is yeah. my entire personality now in yeah. this playroom. And a lot of people ask why I ended up selling my business. And it's because you have to be, I mean, at least for the first several, year, several yeah. years, all in. And I mean, again, it's so difficult, but I don't regret a single day. Mm -hmm. I was telling Sierra, like every single day, my older son asked to see pictures. He wants oh. to look at his birthday parties. He wants to look at, you know, me baby wearing him behind the counter. That's so so sweet. it was such an intense, you know, five, six it's years, but I wouldn't take back a single second. Yeah. But again, when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I just want to make money. Yeah. Or, or the you know, biggest, I just want something easy. Right. The biggest one I get is I own an indoor play or I own an in-home daycare or I'm a therapist or I'm a teacher and I want something that's easier. This is not that. Right. This is not easier. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm never going to sell this business. <laughs> yeah. It's, you just have to understand yeah. that. It's, that it's just, it's different. It's, it's like raising a child. Right. There are ways to set it up so that it mm -hmm. can be a little bit more passive so that you can hire a manager so that you can make a sustainable income, but it's never going to be a get rich quick mm -hmm. or, you know, get rich anytime unless you want to Diversify. Open tons of locations. Yes. Diversify your income streams. Mm -hmm. So I always like to, you know, I never like to sugarcoat things here. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of wanted to end with that. Um, but again, it's such a beautiful life. Yeah. And it's the hardest, best thing I've ever done outside of motherhood. But absolutely. it's very, very much like motherhood. Absolutely. And my my kids are so proud of me. And I, I love hearing my older son talk to his class. You know, we used to do this. We used to do this. That's Look at so all these cute. pictures. Again, we've, we sold three years ago. Yeah. He still talks about it every single day. So That's it's so just, sweet. it's, it makes me so proud because now he wants to start a business. Oh, so those things, <laughs> well, shocker, <laughs> but it's, it's those things that yeah. like really make it worth it is now my son knows that he doesn't have to mm -hmm. be stuck at a nine to five. There are other ways to, you know, make a living for your family. And to me, that's invaluable. Yeah, I love showing them what hard work looks like. Mommy has to leave. Yep. But they know what I'm doing. They know how hard it is. And they're never going to wonder what owning a business is like. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We're going right. to go cry later. I know. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And again, I'm going to link to all my other videos with Sierra. I'm going to link to Sierra's TikTok and YouTube if you haven't seen it yet. And again, thank you so much for joining us. I we'll see you guys soon. Bye. All right. That wraps up my interview with Sierra Zagari from Grandma's Playroom. I hope you enjoyed it. This was so fun to do. So if there are any playgrounds or play spaces that you want me to visit, or if you have a suggestion, or if you'd like me to feature your business on this podcast or on YouTube, send me a message on Instagram. My profile is linked in the show notes. And if you don't follow me over on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe there as well because I'm going to be posting a tour of Sierra's business called Grandma's Playroom over the next couple of days. All right, have a great day, playmakers. I will see you right back here on Friday.